Hello and welcome to the Salt Den Under podcast. I'm your host Jared. Joining me tonight are Sean, John, and Liam. How you going, Liam? Good, thanks, mate. Good, thanks. Uh, had a nice big uh, Frankfurter hot dog for my dinner the other night, and that was nice. I can tell you. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, would have gone down a treat, mate. How are you, John? I'm doing very well. I'm doing good. Um, now, I've got something here for you, John. You asked me to play at the start of the podcast. so oh, I'm you glad go. you reminded. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered. Go for it. You just, you've got to say it. It's a fantastic signing, not only for Rangers Football Club, but for Scottish football as a whole. Um, you know, I don't think maybe tomorrow, once it starts to sink in for a lot of people, you know, when you really think about it, probably the arrival of Paul Gascoigne was a big time when you thought, whoa. You know, as a proper football player arrived in Scottish football. And that's exactly what Aaron Ramsey is. Fantastic cook for the football club. But again, it just shows you the lure and the size of Rangers. The size of Rangers. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the conciliary of crap himself, Chris Boyd. <laughs> How are you, Sean? Uh, yeah, I'm good, yeah. Uh, I did not lose a minute of sleep over them in the Europa League final. Uh, but I did wake up to quite some nice messages from my family letting me know what had happened. Uh, it, was, it was brilliant. It was majestic. It was right up there with great, great moments. I love the meme foot kicking around. Oh, when a bunch of Celtic fans, you know, when did you ever get over um, over Seville? Not until you guys lost there. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. So it's quite true as well. Yeah. Mm. So, so tonight's episode is our season review podcast. So there's not much really going on in terms of the news at the moment. There's a lot of rumours, transfer rumours and speculation going around, but we'll leave that to the side. We're going to go through, we've got about 18, 19 topics, I think, overall to talk through. So we're going to do this as a two-parter podcast. So uh, keep an eye out for episode part two of this one, which we'll put out within the week after this episode coming out. So what we're going to do, we'll get straight into it. So, question one, who is your player of the season and why? So, I'll throw to you first, Sean. Yep, um, pretty easy one for me. I agreed with the majority here and I said uh, Captain Callum McGregor. Uh, some reasons obvious, some uh, less so. Uh, he's obviously been the most consistent player. Um, he's just a, a really classy and slick player that we're really lucky to have in our team, to be honest. Um, quite fortunate to get someone like that coming through the system and even to have survived the kind of period of maybe two years where he was getting just dogs abuse from Celtic fans for like every missed pass or untracked run or whatever. And now he's just like the absolute heartbeat and driving force of not just the team on the pitch, but the club. Uh, he's a leader on and off the pitch. Uh, games where he's just picked it up by the scruff of the neck and just drove us on. Like when we're 1 0 down at Ibrooks, and he just goes, uh, I'll just push us forward here. Uh, when we go 1 0 down to Hibs and he sets up Kyogo for the goal. Uh, there's just so many examples of him doing that with the ball. And then also the ones, the stories you hear of him getting on to players as soon as they arrive, welcoming them to the club, making sure everyone's doing the right thing and that they, all the players are doing the right thing and that they understand what it means to be a Celtic player. So I know you're saying player of the season, but it's player slash person of the season for me. Liam? 
Um, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, but I am going to make a, a different case here. I'm going to say Joe Hart. Um, just his his impact at the club. Um, last season, goalkeeper was the position where I think we were especially lacking throughout the entire... I mean, we were all over the place last season, but we never got a stable goalkeeper, I felt, at any point. And to have Joe Hart come in and from day one just stabilise everything, commanding presence, um, and in terms of his career, it's the best comeback narrative since Rocky Three. It's just, it's it's absolutely superb. Um, he, I, lo- I love it when a guy who's not a Celtic fan comes to the club and ends up just embodying everything that's good about Celtic and really buying into it. And Joe Hart has totally done that. And I just, I love the big guy. Absolutely do. John? Well, we've all gone a bit different. Um, I I obviously thought um, McGregor, um, just for obvious reasons, uh, but I, I struggled to pick one particular favourite this year because I think especially in the second half of the season, we played so well. And there were so many we could have said that was my favourite player of the season. But I went with someone a bit different. Uh, I went with Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, I just think he's been consistently excellent. Um, well, at least you're going to get you're going to get at least a decent to excellent performance out of him. Um, he's he's never really given that many massive scares. Um, he gets what you know. He he gets the job done. He he, he sticks to you know exactly what he's been told to do. Um, and it's been a while since we've had a centre back like that. Um, and yeah, he has turned up and scored some big goals for us this season as well. I think most notably the one that I uh, um, wrote down in my notes was the one that he scored against Rangers after Aaron Bottom Merchant Ramsey, his early goal. Um, so yeah, you know, that's is. Uh, I think, yeah, for me, Carter Vickers. Yeah, Carter Vickers is my player of the year. It's funny, it's, you guys have all gone for those three options because that's my top three. But I've, <laughs> I've been bouncing around, so that means I get the deciding vote on the Celtic Down Under Podcast Player of the Year Award by the looks of it. <laughs> so um, those... Those three would be the first three names put on the team sheet every week without fail. Um, Carter Vickers is up there, uh, but he came in a bit late and wasn't here for the whole start of the Ange revolution. I see your point about Joe Hart there, Liam, but for me, it's Colin McGregor. There's just, as, as Sean said, there's games there where he just refused to let us lose. It's like, that's not how we do it, boys. I'll show you. Follow me get on with it and that was one of the doubts I had about him as a captain coming into the season I didn't doubt that his ability to be our captain it was more is we've gone from the really loud vocal leader of Bruni to Callum how's he going to step up into that role and not only did he step up but he stepped up and made the team his in his own way and yeah player of the year for me definitely So yep. we go on to question two, which is, who is your signing of the season and why? So we'll go around the room again to you first, Sean. Uh, yeah, call back to Liam's previous player of the year. Uh, I thought Joe Hart uh, was the signing of the season. Uh, there's, there's quite a few candidates you could have here. And I actually discounted uh, the loan signings uh, just on the basis that... Uh, 
Yeah, just because any loan signing is a loan signing, I thought uh, that I'm not going to count that towards the question. So I'd say Joe Hart, um, because when you think back to last year and even, I guess, technically the start of this season, uh, when we had cabbage hands and goals, uh, or the musical chairs of last season with uh, Hazard and Bain and cabbage hands all taking turns, uh, Joe Hart has been really transformative. And the points that Liam already made that, you know, not only has he been a, a great goalkeeper at stopping shots, he's just been great in other ways as well. He's shown so much leadership qualities and such a level head and he really gets it. As you say, he's really fit in really well with the club. It's, he's been a great signing in so many ways. How do you, Liam? All right. Um, I would, uh, in terms of uh, looking for players to make an impact at, at an important time, I'm going to give it to uh, uh, Dyson Maeda because I think come New Year, we really needed an impact. Uh, someone who was going to come in, go in and make things happen. And he gave us a different option going forward when we needed it. And it really bolstered the entire attack and gave us that wee surge that we needed to get over the finish line. And I think it pushed on um, Giacomakis to be a better player when he was in the team as well. And then also, um, you know, I'm a bit biased because I've been pushing for the guy to sign for Celtic for the last two years. So uh, to see him come in and do the business was very, very satisfying. So that's my uh, signing of the season. Doesn't surprise me you said that, considering, as you've said, how much you've been wanting him signed since the Yamaga days. So, um, yeah, does not surprise me. Over to Johnny smashing a mug of tea at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) It's honestly been a long day. Surely you knew you were next, John. Come on. John, but you know. Well, you know, honestly, none of us have really talked about who our options were before we did this, but we've all gone different again. So I, I actually said that Jackamakis was my favourite signing, and I could have easily gone Maeda um, or Kyogo or Jota. Um, I think if it wasn't for um, some of the injuries that Kyogo and, and Jota had, I might have been inclined to pick one of them. Um, but I, I went with Jackamakis purely because he proved me so wrong. I was very, very sceptical of the signing at the beginning of the season. I just didn't think... I uh, Look, not that, not that he didn't have a really good season before he came to Celtic, but, um, you know, bef- seasons before that, he might not have done... You know, I think he had a couple of goals, less than 10, and then he hit like a 35-game, 35-goal season or something similar to that. And then he came to Celtic. So I thought, ah, look, this guy is just at the beginning of his of his ascension. So maybe it's a bit early uh, to say that he's going to be decent. So I was sceptical. He turned up and he completely mugged me. He completely pied me in the face and he's been absolutely insane since he turned up. So I have to put my hands up there. I was completely wrong. He's going to be class um, and hopefully he just sticks to the trend. So yeah, that's my favourite signing. Because it made me look like a fool. You know what I love here, John? You've you've actually just added it and said we didn't discuss any of our selections here, which is perfect for this. Because this is what I want it to be fresh and just straight up. And I've got someone different again. It's a signing of the season, and for me, 
I've gone for um, when he was fit and playing, Josip Juranovic. We've been crying out for a quality right back. We had none at the start of the year. Rolston gets a one-year extension, and we're all like, oh, are we that desperate? To then be able to land a player of just quality who's not only played on the at right back, but he's also played the left back. He's played as a, as a right winger at one point as well during the season. The job he did when he was fit and healthy coming in and his standards meant Ralston had to step up to that. So now we've got two quality right backs. As we've said on previous pods, I want us to get that European quality left back for next season in the same mould that we've signed Juranovic this season and we're off to the races in Europe in the Champions League. But yeah, for me, Juranovic is probably a little left field one there, but it really plugged a massive hole for us, especially not just at right back, but when Greg Taylor was out hurt and he played a bunch of the season at left back out of position as well, he did the job for us. So for me, that's a that's a quality signing there. Question yeah, three. He's been a good one, yeah. Who was our most improved player this season and why? Over to you, Sean. Uh, most improved this player this season was Anthony Ralston and I decided to take a different tact on the question and say the reason he's most improved is because he had a Wayne. So, <laughs> Responsibilities growing up, yep. Cool. Yeah, we, we actually had this conversation earlier in the season and it came back to me when I was looking at the question because uh, we were all like, how is this guy just become an amazing player all of a sudden? And uh, it was there was an interview at the time saying that like fatherhood had matured him or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, that's that was that was my answer. Anthony Rouse most improved. Reason why? Because he had a win. <laughs> Liam. I'm uh, I'm also gonna go with with uh, with Tony Ralston. I just um it, I never thought and a close a close second would be near Beaton. Um and I never thought for a minute that during a game against Rangers, I would look at my dad and I would say, all right, we need to bring on Ralston and beat on the... <laughs> but if an hour gone with us na- narrowly leading the game, that was exactly my thought. We need to bring them on and just tighten things up here. And the two of them did come on and played splendidly. And Ralston has just not not put a foot wrong when he's played this season. He's been absolutely superb. Um, not always started, but always came in and done exactly what was expected of him and more when he's been asked to. Um, yeah, absolutely superb player. For a guy who a lot of us probably didn't even expect to get a new contract at the end of last season, he's a guy who we now think, well, if anybody wants him, they're going to have to pay plenty. Yeah, and he's uh, Ralston's been called up to the Scotland squad as well for the... Scott Turnbull too, interestingly, but yeah. That's good to hear. Johnny? How can it be anybody different? It's been Ralston this entire season. Absolute two different players since last season. Yeah, just such a dramatic turnaround. And maybe it is because he's a dad now. Um, But I also think the point that you made, Jared, about Juranovic coming in and and giving him competition. um, he, uh, He probably thought he was a... He was in. That was this was him stepping up, and and that was probably a big part of it. Is he actually felt like he had a good chance of getting in the t- into the team? Um, so he obviously mentally stepped up to the challenge and stuff. Um, yeah, but look, I, 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 who knows? I, it can only be down to coaching and the way 
that Ange has asked him to play. I think he's just a lot of the things that he's been doing. We've seen him do well in previous seasons. Like he's always had a, a half decent cross on him, and he's he's not been that bad to oh, like doing an overlap run and stuff. But you know, getting back and he's been slow. He's clearly got his fitness up and stuff, and just like I say, a night and day player um, to the point now where, as we've said, if he comes in nobody's worried. We're actually probably excited about it. We're like, if Juranovic is injured, we're like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Ralston just slips straight into there and that's absolutely fine. Or if, you, you know, Juranovic is absolutely munted, he comes, Anthony comes on and that's us. We've got like another, another attacking player. So yeah, Anthony Ralston all the way. Well, with that question, it's a, an interesting one. It's how you interpret it more than anything because I agree with Ralston 100%, and he's my most improved, however, overall in terms of performance. But then if you compare it to last season, to this season, and you look at guys like Rogic and Biton and Taylor, yes, Rogic and Biton are moving on. And I've said that I want someone like Juranovic to come in and challenge Taylor for that spot. But look at those guys' performances last season to this season, and it's night and day for all of them. So whether that's coaching or it's belief, like if, Rogic and Biton had have moved on this time last year. No one would have batted an ollie. They would have been like, okay, see ya. But you see the outpouring of emotion when they're both leaving on last like last weekend or whatever it was. It's like, yeah, it's just a different story. But, yeah, I'd, I'd go Rolston, closely followed by Rogic and Biton. Uh, and, and then Taylor's in fourth spot for most improved for me. But, yeah, Rolston it is. Question yep. four. Who was your unsung hero of the season and why? Oh, Sean. Yep. My unsung hero of the season was Michael Nicholson. Uh, he has been pretty good as far as I can tell. It's, something, it's hard to tell. Things are a bit opaque in the background. But we've had quite a departure from the old waiting to the last minute. I know we did have some players come in late. But when you look at January and those players were announced before the transfer window had even opened, uh, that's never happened before. Uh, getting it done early and the fact that he's just, there's literally not been a word of him uh, out of his mouth to the media. So it's quite a change from Peter Lawwell. Um, whatever he's done this season, I don't want to give him future credit, but so far whatever he's done has worked very well. And in the fact that he just came in as well at a time when... Uh, What's his name? Dominic Mackay. Whatever happened. Who knows? Dominic Mackay, whitewashed from history. Will he get credit? I don't know. Or will. But uh, Michael Nicholson, well done. Liam? Well, since I'm probably not allowed to say Aaron Ramsey, I'm going to have to think about this one. Um, <laughs> that is your answer. Uh... Come on. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would actually say um, John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. Because they took absolute, <laughs> they took absolute pelters last season from all of us, and rightly so, because the team were awful. But you know, Ange can't Ange can't do everything by himself. He does need to have guys behind him supporting him. And clearly, whatever changes needed to be made, they were part of making that change. And the fact that they're still here suggests that they fully bought into that change, and they deserve credit for that. So, respect to them, Johnny. Yeah, do you know what? I never really thought about um, 
unsung heroes outside of the first team, but there's some very good um, people we've brought up. But I've got two I, more I mean, options. So if you want to steal one of mine, that's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've got one, um, and, and it definitely is an unsung hero. Um, and I've put Greg Taylor down, and very much as you were saying there, Jared, before about how he's massively improved from last season, um, which is definitely true. Um, but I also think he's one of those uh, one of those players that we've also had in other squads of other seasons. Um, I'm thinking of like the Johnny Hayes, but um, probably a slightly better standard, where he he just he just gets the job done. Like he's he's never going to give you an absolute an absolutely invigorating performance, but he very rarely puts a foot wrong. Um, he, look, there's obviously we can probably pull out a couple of memories where he's put but that's kind of my point like you can think of a couple of occasions where he has but the fact that he's been in the squad so consistently and you can we can only think of a few times he's done something wrong surely shows his consistency he's been very very good is he champions league quality obviously not we're definitely gonna have to improve in that position but he always gives everything um he, he, he you know when he was injured we had a massive hole in the squad um, he, obviously, Juranovic having to go over there, and the second he he came back, Juranovic snapped back into his natural position, and we saw Juranovic getting better. But we but we all we all um, gave that praise to Juranovic without actually realizing it was because Greg Taylor came back in and and never really did much wrong that warranted him being dropped. Juranovic going back over there, so yeah. Obviously, we need to improve in that position, but he's a very decent player, and he's very he, he's. I would never want to see him drop from the squad. He's a very good squad player. All right, for me, I'm going to have a serious one and I'm going to have a muck around one for you. So the serious one will be we signed him in September. He could have been our signing of the season, but Anton McElhone, our head of sports science, with how many injuries and everything we've had the last few years, he's come in and it's seemed to lessen the impact second half of the season. I got him in. We had injuries before that. By the like he would have come in September by the time his way of working and figuring out who's who in the zoo and what all that's like, he comes December, second half of the season, it was a lot better in terms of how many games we were playing and the performance levels and we didn't get a lot of injuries. So I'd like to give him a shout out. I'm mucking around one has to go to the uh, the Japanese translator because he got a medal. So he's got as many as Tavernier and Morelos. So he gets another <laughs> shout out too. Do you think, does he work for all of them? Or what's the kind of setup there? <clears throat> it's funny because I saw a picture of um, Ange when he was training at, um, what's it called, at Yokohama, and there's the translator standing on the pitch behind him there. So I think it's the same guy came with him. Ah. So like, do the players just like, is he running the laps with the players? Like, yeah, um, he, 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 he just said, he know, just said left hand down. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if if it's the same as it was when Nakamura was at Celtic, um, Koki Mizuno was there at the same time, and they both went through one guy. So I'd imagine he is that one guy doing all the necessary Japanese translation, and they have a different person that does the press conferences because, well, it's a female voice, so it's obviously a different person that's doing it. Hmm. All right, next question. What is your goal of the season and why? Sean? Yeah, 
go of the season. I had two options in case somebody else uh, doubled up. Uh, but I'd actually put down, not necessarily for the technique, but I'd uh, listed Abada's third goal against Sevco, which put the game out of sight. Uh, was it February? Uh, the oh, the one just before half it. Yeah. yeah. So, so not just, mostly, if, I guess, for the importance of the goal, the euphoria of it, and also just for the way that Borna Barisic's soul left his body. <laughs> <laughs> As he collapsed to the grounds before the ball was even in the net. He he had uh, passed on before Abada had even lapped him. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he knew what was coming before everyone else did. <laughs> yeah. All right, Liam. Um same game, I'm going to go for the uh, the opening goal from Rio Hatati. Um, it was just, uh, it was funny how, like, the two Rangers players banged into each other. The ball fell to him and he just smacked it straight at the bottom corner, no no questions. And then they spent the next five minutes arguing over how, how it was a foul because they banged into each other. I just thought that was hysterical. Um, but, uh, yeah, that just set the tone for that entire game because it came very early on. Shell shot the Huns, they were not expecting us to come at them like that, and they never recovered, and we just battered them for the rest of the game. So, again, maybe not the best goal of the season in terms of technique, but in terms of impact, in terms of significance. Um, it was one of our January signings, showing that he's a real deal. It was Rangers getting a rocket up them that has been long overdue, and it was Ball finally clicking into full gear, I think. So, for a multitude of the reasons, that is my goal of the season. Johnny? Oh, we've all gone different again. Well, I um, I went through many videos uh, to see what my favourite goal was as far as, like, emotional reaction. Um, and although some have been mentioned, the one that I thought was just on pure uh, technical amazement I went with Kyogo's goal against Ferencvaros in Europa League. Um, and although it was Kyogo's goal, I, I really think what made that goal amazing was Jota's contribution because he was so deep into Celtic's half. He was he, he was almost in the left-back position where he, where he won the ball back to then turn and ping that ball with such precision through the middle of those two defenders for Kyogo just to control it perfectly and then with the second touch score a goal immense absolutely immense and that was really yeah a, a, a big you know emotional goal if you like it was you know made me very happy so yeah that was definitely my um, goal of the season this this year all right so mine Ralston 120 minutes of stoppage time at Ross County mm. what a goal that was very important in terms of the league. Um, just And then the blow-up afterwards from all their mob. It was just hilarious. Yeah. Sean, you said you had an extra an extra one? Uh, yeah, it was actually not been said yet. It was a Kyogo League Cup final goal, the the one to win it. Uh, and not, again, because the, is that one of the two goals, two, there's only been two, maybe three, mm-hmm. Where everyone says, Oh, so Larson esque. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I love that Larson is an adjective used around here. Uh, uh yeah, goal. but yeah, the Larson esque goal. But what made it even more impressive was, you know, the occasion and the fact that he was playing with like a frayed piece of string holding the two halves of his legs together. Uh, 
for in place of his hammy. Because, uh, you know, like he lasted 20 minutes of the following game and wasn't available for the games before it. So God knows how he managed to score those two goals on nothing there, on whatever grade of tear he had. And just the technique, you know, not even looking, just lob the keeper. I suppose there's probably another two or three we could throw in as well if we really wanted to, but we'll just leave that one there. I'm sure everyone watching, listening in, just if you're on our YouTube channel, just let us know in the comments what your goals of the season are, all your answers to all these questions. I want to hear it from you guys as well. Get the conversation going. Next question. What was your best moment of the season and why? Yep, my best moment of the season, I had two. So I'm going to put one that was purely selfish and then one that uh, I guess they're both kind of selfish. Um, I'm just going to give you the two anyway. My best was probably Jackie Marcus last minute winner versus Dundee because it won me $1,100 on a Jackie (laughs) Marcus hat trick and said to win. Um, But other than that, uh, my best moment was Callum McGregor chasing down Borna Barisic and calling him a shite bag. That was hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's a great moment. <laughs> and it, to link back to the previous thing, it could you could actually credit him with an assist because it was after that that Barisic actually did shite it out of Mark and Nevada. So <laughs> giving Callum McGregor a, a tacit assist for that goal. Liam? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Oh, it's difficult to pick out just just one, but um, a couple do it. Sean did throw one or two in. Right, okay then. So I'm just gonna say overall that three nothing game in February because I'll be honest, I was shite myself before that game. I really wasn't sure. I believed we could beat them, but I thought they had just got so lucky in the last couple of times we played them. Even though we'd been the better team, we hadn't really laid a glove on them, and I thought, oh god, here we go. But we went, out, we went out and we totally played them off the park. So that entire 90 minutes is what... Well, particularly the first half was the the moment for me. But if we're going to distill it down to a single moment, um, seeing Maeda score his first goal for Celtic, um, it's just been the validation of a two-year ongoing campaign by myself to get that guy to Celtic, and it finally happened. <laughs> Johnny. Yes, well, um, I've uh, <laughs> I've written down here best moments aside from winning the league, uh, and then watching all the hunters uh, <laughs> in Seville, um, which brought me so much fucking joy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, I was I was literally I, I don't do it often, but uh, especially during Rogers' eras, um, I would stick on a a Rangers podcast after we just like, I don't know, absolutely pumped them or something like that. And <laughs> I don't know why that gives me so much joy, but it really fucking does. <laughs> but I've written down my favourite uh, moment was when Juranovic <laughs> chipped the um, Leverkusen goalie with a penalty. Um, oh, just, the Penenka. Yeah, the Penenka and hit the inside of the crossbar. The absolute brass balls on that man to do that and what was I think I'm pretty sure that game was quite if we had won that game or drawn it there was a good chance we were going through to the next stages of 
the Europa League. If I remember correctly, that was how it was. And we and we had played out of our skin as well because I think you know three two and stuff, and um, it was very back and forth for a lot of it. But to do that, to to make it even, I think before the half time. Jesus Christ. And Juranovic apparently coming out afterwards and saying that he was going to do it at least once during the season. And that's the game that he picked to do it. (laughs) Not not Dundee away or (laughs) Europa League. Yeah, I think that was definitely, definitely one of my favourite moments. So that's the one I chose. Uh, For me, I've got a couple of moments. Um, First one is... The fact that we won the league and I can turn around everyone from right back in the start and say we told you so with Ange, that's a great moment because it proves that, you know, the belief we had in him wasn't misplaced. That's on a selfish reason. Um, another thing, though, that really stood to me, other than all the usual stuff you guys have said, is was it the Tuesday or Wednesday during the day that we had the uh, European, was it Europa League group game and there was 55,000 people at, at Celtic Park? Yeah. Seeing that for a game where that many people have taken the day off work, finished work early, whatever, to get down there just shows that we've got the best fan base in the world and I'm such a proud Celtic fan seeing that. So for me, that was a very uh, – that was a good moment. But the best moment overall was seeing Ange after he won the league, giving that jumper a tug and all this sort of stuff in that talk on the field. Like, yeah, I just, I just love seeing that. Yeah, was he said to you, you've embraced the jumper or something like that? Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> on Facebook and Twitter going, oh, I've got the Ange look today. It's just a guy with a work shirt and a jumper on. I'm like, that's stock standard over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if it's true or not because the source was just some Microsoft graph on Twitter. But uh, some people have been sharing around that this is the first time a team has had one million supporters attend in a season in Scotland. For Celtic, as in if you add up all the performances, wow, yeah. bad effort. That's, that. That's very good. Give yourself a pat on the back, every single Celtic fan. You deserve it. Like the support is immense, and it's great to see the old uh, the fans, the manager, and the players all linking together nicely. So if only we could get the board on board with that, happy days. But not going to hold me breath because you know I'll probably pass out. <laughs> All right, next question. I've done that one. What was your favourite Ange press conference moment of the season and why? Yeah, I've got a few for this as well. Uh, it was hard to... to start with, so we get, get through them all. Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just go with one and then you guys probably pick up the other ones. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's been a, a lot with Kenny McIntyre that are great. Um, but my favourite was when uh, somebody, I don't know who it was, said to him, uh, what will exiting the Champions League mean for Celtic's finances? And his response was, I'm not an accountant, mate. I'm a football manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's literal Ange, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Liam? Um, more, of a, more of an Ange-ism than a particular... Um, a particular quote but a recurring trope throughout the whole season i just love the way it's a uniquely australian thing the way he just condescendingly refers to people as mate when you know that he means the exact opposite <laughs> that kid yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what i saw do right it's it's pretty funny it's like you call your mate a cunt and you call a cunt's mate yeah <laughs> that's how we yeah. are it's back it's great 
the other yeah. one you do is you say something's average when you actually mean it's totally shit. But, uh, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> average. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, but if I'm going to pick out one quote, then my, my favourite one would probably be the one one of his early ones when um someone asked him if, if he knew if he knew anything about Dundee, and he said uh, he said I'm not from Mars, mate. I've just come over from Japan. It's, you know, I do watch I do watch Scottish football. <laughs> So the same yeah, planet, right? yeah, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, I, I yeah I had a few of these a few written down, um, and we've mentioned a couple of them. So I think <laughs> there's just so many good ones because you know he just doesn't take any shit at all. So the one that I the, the one I'll choose is when um, again Europa League Leverkusen. Um, would you call it like the the press conference before the match, the pre-match press conference? Um, and Scottish Journal bloody asked him about ticket allocation for the League Cup not being half and half. And he just put his hands in his face uh, and just laughed. And he just absolutely <laughs> laughed. Uh, and right. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> and then, you and then do you know what? Like, he, do you want another go with that one, mate, or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. I was going to say, yeah. at least he gave him the decency to like give him another shot and say, yeah, you're not really going to ask me about t- ticket allocation before a Leverkusen, mate, are you? Do you want another go? <laughs> so, yes, he does call people champion and mate and <laughs> all those passive-aggressive stuff. Um, but at least he's decent enough to give, I don't know, maybe he was a young journalist or something. But <laughs> well, that was a very, yeah, very Ange-esque moment. My favourite one is after the first six games where we've dropped points. Oh, you guys call the league early here, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah that was yeah. That was my favourite. Look how yes. it ended up. So perfect. Absolutely. Let's just kick around. You guys have got extras. Let's just do a few more laps. Keep going. Yeah, the Kenny McIntyre one where we beat St. Mirren with two kind of relatively late goals. And uh, he said to him afterwards, oh, that was a bit of a hard watch, wasn't it? Would you say that's fair? And he went, oh, maybe it's because you're disappointed with the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, when he was when he got his um, when he got his manager of the year award, and they said to him, "When you get manager of the year, you've won the league, you've won the league cup." He said, oh, "I'm just disappointed. There was that there was that sack by Christmas trophy. You were all going to give me, and I never got it." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one, yeah. <laughs> And sacked by Halloween. Um, uh, do you know, maybe maybe not a, a, a punchy moment, but um, I don't know if you guys saw one of Ange's uh, interviews on Celtic TV about why he wore the jumper. Uh, really... Yeah, it was because, yeah. yeah, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he had just arrived, uh, had, had um, been told it was going to be very cold, um, and he, apparently his wife likes to dress him... <laughs> <laughs> as I would imagine, you know, um, many husbands have wives like that um, or partners. Um, and yeah, so he just decided to stick that jumper on and he's getting grief from his missus because he's sucking shitty jumper on. And then he's never he's never taken it off since and that's become his identity. So I think that's a, yeah, a nice little, yeah, I don't know, story that he tells. Mm-hmm. Keep going, yeah. boys. Uh, the other Kenny McIntyre one where when he asked him about if he was hoping to, hoping that, I can't remember what it was, hoping that Sevco win or something so that he can get get a title in front of our own fans rather than, or hoping they drop points so we can win it in front of our own fans. I can't remember what it was. And he went, oh, geez, only you could put a downer on winning the title, mate. <laughs> uh, 
It's just, do you know what? Do you know what's very refreshing about having an Australian as a manager? Because we've had, with Lennon was always been, um, it was always tipped to somebody who was very, uh, I don't know, confrontational with the uh, uh, with the media and stuff, and but also maybe sn- snarling a little bit. You know, maybe that's a, the wrong adjective to use. But what's nice about Ange, maybe maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's just because he's Australian, but the way that he tells media off is almost in this sort of lovable you know, uh, <laughs> happy-go-lucky way. You kind of feel like you're not really that done by, but you've just been told off by the teacher who's your favourite teacher sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it... <laughs> yeah, it's very Australian personality. Uh, it, it's it's one of those ones where, like, some, you know, he'll say something and someone will go, oh, right, right enough, yeah. Now, like, five minutes later, like, bastard. <laughs> 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 they couldn't at the time because he was so disarmingly polite. Yeah. <laughs> It's the old um, Aussie school teacher thing, goes to the naughty corner sort of thing. Yeah. It's just like you get told and you're like, huh? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. What was the worst pundit opinion of the season and why? Yeah, I had a few here, so you might want to circle back to me. Uh, but uh, number one for me uh, was Hugh Keevans uh, when he said, I, at least we know what Ange stands for. Absolutely not good enough. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Chris Boyd Celt- uh, Rangers will win the league by at least fifteen points prediction that he made at the start of the season. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Johnny. Oh God, yeah. I've also gone with Boyd, which I I absolutely hate, but. Um... I couldn't find a, a, a particularly fitting one that would for something that maybe Nichols has said or something like that. But I went when this is actually quite it was a quite a disgusting comment, which is when Boyd said that um, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was after we um, pumped him three nil with that, or maybe it was when we beat him two one at the Debt Dome. But um, that because McGregor had just broken his cheekbone, that the Rangers oh, yeah. players should have you know, tackled a bit harder or shoulder barged him a bit more and stuff like that, which was, just makes him an absolute fucking cockwomble. It makes him like the biggest dickhead in, in <laughs> punditry. So, yeah, like that, I, I guess that's the worst in the sense of like viciousness. Because that was a horrible comment to make. Yeah. On a side note, cockwomble is a good word that we need to use more often. Good turn, that. Yeah, for me, real simple. It's the Alan Brazil thing from preseason. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even need to quote it. Everyone knows the one, but let's kick around some more, Sean. Yeah, I forgot about that Alan Brazil one. Um, <clears throat> I had Alex Ray, uh, who said that Hatati was not a good signing, that he'd be useless because he's a utility player. And then, like, breathlessly, five minutes later, said that uh, Bobby Sands signing for Rangers would be good because he's a good utility player. Um, not Bob. What's his... You James. know what I'm talking about. James. <laughs> uh, James Sands, sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, so Bobby Sands signing for Rangers. Now, that would be a headline. <laughs> That'd be explosive. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Um, no, but the, the other one that I mean, the on I mean I can't even remember who it was that said it, but it was somebody on Radio Clyde. It might have been Keevans, it might have been Gordon Dale, it might have been Alec Ray. But um, before the three nothing game, 
um, they actually went the other way and they predicted that Rangers would win three nothing, and the the phone in the next day was just oh it was beautiful, it was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> there was the, I I don't know if if someone can dig up the audio with this please do I can't remember if it was Radio Clyde or if it was Talksport or one of the stations but some hun phoned up and he was just about in tears he's like what's what's happening guys what what, what do you mean cause it what what. We're just not there, are we? <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. That was that was brilliant. Oh, it was, was beautiful, like, absolutely beautiful. Guy got that roared up. You sound like you've just been sucking some helium before getting on the phone. Aye, aye that's right. It's <laughs> got higher pitch and higher pitch as he went. Yeah. Absolutely classic. Yeah. I had another one for uh, you and Murray, who. Not only then, oh, th- th- yeah, he didn't just say it, he put it in print that uh, I can't remember what date it was September, October that Celtic would need a miracle to win the league. Then in April, when oh, we were yeah. just about to win it, he said there was nothing miraculous about Celtic's league win, so completely contradicted himself. And it was hilarious <laughs> that a Celtic fan picked him up on it straight away on Twitter and just put a picture of his previous headline just saying, Is this you, mate? Like. <laughs> With a link to say, need a miracle. <laughs> Any more, John and Liam? I was just going to say, you and Murray is like <clears throat> that, that guy that we probably all knew in college or high school. The one who like secretly fancies the bird that you got off with. And so he just spends the whole time being like dismissive and passively aggressive towards her for no apparent reason. He has that relationship with Celtic. I don't know why. For a supposed Hearts fan, he takes an unhealthy interest in hating Celtic, and I really don't get it. I don't get it at all. I think there's many pundits that are like that. Too. <laughs> their, that's their career, isn't it? Just hating on Celtic. Many well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was another. I think there was another one as well that wasn't. It doesn't quite fit in with the theme of what we're doing, but I believe it was uh, Packy Bonner asked Craig Levine if he ever considered selecting Greg Taylor for Scotland when he was the manager, uh, even though Greg Taylor was 13 when Craig Levine was the Scotland manager. I think yeah. that's what it was. There was the other one that Craig Levine came out with. I don't know if you if you heard this one at the time, but when Kyle Lafferty left Hearts and Levine was still the manager at the time, somebody asked him, so what was the, was, was there any change in the squad when, when you lost Kyle Lafferty? Because he was like their main striker at the time. He says, well, the, the general IQ of the dressing room's gone up for a start. <laughs> sometimes, like, I quite like Craig Levine sometimes. I just don't like playing against his teams. Uh, he's got oh. that kind of dry humour that I, I can actually, I can quite relate to. He's quite, him, him and Michael Stewart playing off each other is always quite good to listen to. Yeah, that's true. All right, guys, last question for part one of the podcast. What song sums up this season and why? This was your question. You wanted Sean, so over to you. Oh, so many to choose from. Uh, I had Down Faith by George Michael. You gotta have faith. Uh, <laughs> I had Down Live It Up by Mental as Anything. Hey, you with the sad face. The Phoenix by Fallout Boy, because we've risen from the ashes of last season and, and along the same lines, a uh, redemption song. By Bob well, Marley. But, some chances. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I've settled on uh, uh, Down Under by Men at Work uh, in tribute to Ange. Liam? 
Um, well, I was watching, a, I think it was the St. Johnson game, where we had five, we had a, all of our, our goal scorers came from five different countries. And at one point, we had seven different nationalities on the park playing for us. So I thought Seven Nation Army would be quite a good song for us. Mm. So Seven, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. There you go. Johnny? I'm, I'm trying to think of a, of a, a fitting one. I guess a good one would be <laughs> Fireball. Is that by uh, uh, that yeah. Pitbull song? Pitbull, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was one I had. I had two in my head and you've just taken it. Oh. <laughs> um, and what's that Rage Against the Machine song that says, we won't do what we tell you? We won't Ke- kill Killing in the name of. Killing yeah. in the name of. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's a good fit. Right up my alley with that song. Yeah, that's a good old band, isn't it? But um, yeah, yeah, Fireball definitely fits a good vibe, doesn't it? Everyone jumps up to that. That was going to be my main one, and you're just taking it, and I've just got <laughs> my other one. So, Sean, if you've got a couple more. Oh, that was all the ones I had written down, I'm afraid. Yeah. A good one for Rangers season would be uh, Zombie by the Cranberries. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Or that rage, or the other Rage Against the Machine one, Wake Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, give them an Oasis song, Don't Look Back in Anger. <laughs> uh, my, my, my ex-partner asked me to stop quoting Oasis songs all the time. I said maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if we moved um, on to that part of the podcast, I get into an, <laughs> argu- I get into an argument with a wife the other day because um, with this fuel crisis, with uh, you know running short on on the old uh, the old gasoline as you might call it, and I you know had to put vodka in the in the, the lawnmower instead of instead of petrol. Now the grass is half cut. It's hey. <laughs> <laughs> the best one you've had yet, Liam. Oh, <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to part one of the Celtic Down Under Season Review podcast. We uh, appreciate it. Keep your eyes out for part two, which will be out sometime in the next week. How, how? How, how? How, how? How, how? Job.